I'm Christina Caramel, and welcome to It's Solid Food. In the public square, throughout entertainment, modern ideas of female sexuality is presented as a form of empowerment. That a woman is openly, that a woman should be openly discussing her sexual preferences, exposing her body, and women are being encouraged to pursue multiple sex partners. However, at the same time, all this is going on, there are hordes of women complaining that they can't find a man. And they cannot find a suitable life partner. Could the two be related? Hmm. Oh. Well, that is what we'll discover or rather we explore today. So I'm Christina Caramo and now it's time for some solid food. It's Solid Food, where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. All right, guys. So sexual female empowerment or female sexual empowerment. Well, what does that mean exactly? Now, we hear in some camps that it's really understood as women fully embracing or empowering their sexual desires and really enjoying their sexual nature. That's really kind of what we are hearing being pushed in the culture. And we need, but we need to unpack that a little bit. We need to ask ourselves, what does that mean, female sexual empowerment or women should fully embrace their sexuality? See, the thing about it is women embracing their sexual nature isn't a problem in and of itself. You know, it's just part of humans. I mean, sex is necessary just like eating is necessary. Otherwise, you wouldn't have people. And if sex wasn't fun, then most people wouldn't exist. So the problem isn't the concept of women embracing their sexuality or embracing their sexual nature. The problem is how that is played out. And that's kind of the issue. So for years, we've really seen, especially in the entertainment industry, that female entertainers are hypersexualized. They constantly are showing their bodies. They're constantly talking about all the different sex things they like to enjoy. You know, I have a belief that I personally do not like female comedians, nor do I like female rappers. Now, I'm a hip-hop head. I do love hip-hop. Um, I do love comedy, but to me, most female entertainers are absolutely unentertaining. They're totally boring. All they sit do is talk about their vagina. I do not feel like if I want to laugh, your vagina isn't funny to me. And I'm, and I'm saying in the sense that these women, they don't just make a off color comment about sex. They will literally go on to tirades about deep personal details of the sex act and all types of things. That's simply is it funny to me? It's titillating and it's cheap entertainment. And the funny part about me is that <laughs> I, you know, as a Christian, I should be first repelled by its lack of morality. But I'm, I try to be an honest person. I'm not even first repelled by the my, my moral pearl clutching. Like, oh my God, this is so immoral. That is, isn't is even isn't what upsets me at first. What upsets me at first is the poor art. I mean, as an artist, you actually put time and energy into, into putting something together that isn't to just entertain but enlighten the audience. But one of the cheapest forms of entertainment is sex. Because if someone shouts out like a body part, people are going to look like, what? what just happened? If I said elbow, you're going to go. 
If I said the slang term for a woman's vagina and scream that out or slam um, slang term for a man's penis and start screaming that out, people are going to look like, what's going on? I mean, that's, that's just how people are. So it's a cheap form of entertainment. And I feel like female entertainers have been reduced to these caricatures of sex reality, not as humans first. We're first breast and vagina and all these other terms we're not going to use. And that's what we're reducing ourselves to. And many of the feminist movement will say, no, we're not. No, we're not. Men have been allowed to embrace their sexuality and talk about sex publicly. Why not us? Well, newsflash, they were wrong too. Two Live Crew wasn't cool. If you don't know who Two Live Crew is, just Google it. Maybe I should tell you to Google it. They were just some really nasty rappers out of the 90s. All they did was talk about sex. And it was like in a really obscene manner. But we see that even with Madonna. You know, she was another one in the forefront in the 90s and the 2000s. And still now, even her old washed up self, still now, they are still pushing like women should express themselves sexually. But when they say this stuff, it simply means rebellion against God's design. That That's what that means. When you think of Cosmopolitan Magazine, and I made a video um, like a year or two ago, talking about Cosmo. And that's what they would do in all of their issues. Just hotter sex, wetter sex, better sex, how to wow him in bed. These 20 new tricks, find this trick tonight. Get him coming for more tonight. I mean, it was just constantly, it's always in the upper left-hand corner of the magazine. It's like a big bold letter, some new sex revelation that they've had. Okay, you guys been in business, Cosmo, for what, 50 years? And you still figuring it out? I mean, it's really not that complicated. I mean, I'm just being serious. I'm not trying to be funny. But the purpose is to encourage a new generation of women to just do anything sexually. You know, um, if you think about, um, like I said, Cosmopolitan, um, you think a lot of female artists. And the, a lot of the talk is, you know, people are talking about this new Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion video called WAP. Now, I haven't watched the video um, when I first heard about it, I did like a click, click. I was like, okay, I got the gist of it. It's just them showing their butts. Got it. Showing your butts, showing your breasts, blah, blah. Okay, nothing really new. It's the same thing. And, you know, people are defending it. Like, they're just empowered by their sexuality. Why can't women express their sex self sexually? And why is society so repressed? And typically, it falls back on Christian repression and Christian attitudes about female sexuality. Let's put this first and foremost. And, and I try to be very blunt, um, so don't, don't clutch your pearls, folks, but it's like this. If God didn't want women to enjoy sex, he wouldn't have given us the clitoris. Just say it. It's the reason why, and, and there's these fundamentalist Islamic cultures where they practice female genital mutilation. And people just say FGM, but we need to flush out what they do. They literally cut off a woman's clitoris. And the reason why they cut it off, because that's the organ that gives women their, that's one of the organs, shall we say, to give women that pleasure to have a climax. So they feel like if they remove it, then she won't be a whore because she won't enjoy sex. So clearly God designed, and that's just evil because if, 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 and if, and from, from, to me, from their perspective, if Allah created this on a woman, why should you cut it off? But we can clearly see that, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm just, speaking from their perspective. But as a Christian, we can clearly see that if God designed women to have this capacity to have an orgasm, so clearly God wants us to have enjoy sex. But the thing isn't that God wants women to enjoy sex. God wants wives 
married women to enjoy sex, not just the women as a blanket term. And if you have any confusion about that, we could just really turn to scripture before I get off into this topic any deeper because it's this misconception that Christianity is sexually repressive. The sexual repression we see in parts of society, now let me let me touch on that for a minute, is not so, it wasn't Christian, it was Victorian. So there was this very Victorian attitudes towards female sexuality that, you know, whores enjoy sex. So your classy woman, your your typical woman, shouldn't be looking forward to sex in a sense. It was more so the whore did that. The married, dignified woman didn't enjoy or look to enjoy sex. Again, the problem isn't women. The problem is women in general should not be having sex. Only married women should be enjoying it. And, and so, like, I've heard women even say, especially speaking of older women who would say stuff like, oh, why is she buying lingerie? That's for whores. Well, if she's buying lingerie for her husband, that's nothing wrong with that. You know, she should want to uh, fulfill his fantasies and desires. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And the problem is, is who is she doing this for is the question. So if you want in to discuss or see what the Bible says about this matter, we could just look no further than 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. And it says, and this is what Paul says. It says, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good. So Paul, the fact that he started by saying, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, that means the church in Corinth wrote Paul asking him about these matters of human sexuality as far as between the man and the woman. And he said, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with the woman. So he's saying concerning the marriage which you wrote, it's okay to be single. So if you're single and, and that's okay, you don't have to be married. But he goes on to say, but because of the temptation of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So then Paul's saying right there that none of this polygamy, just one man and each woman has her own husband. So I'm not sharing him with a bunch of folks, just so we can understand it. Then it goes on to say, but be, um, excuse me, the husband should give his wife her conjugal rights. Now, wait a minute, pump the brakes. I thought Christianity was sexual repressive, and I thought that Christians were against women enjoying their sexuality. Well, it says, let me back up and read it slow for you folks. The husband should give his wife her conjugal rights. So that means that the husband has sexual duties to his wife. So what's Paul's here? Considering the organ that women have and considering what the scriptures say, it's obvious that God is all right with married women enjoying sex. In fact, he wants us to. That's why it says the man should give, give her her conjugal rights. She has rights. She has needs. As her husband, you have a responsibility to fulfill her sexual needs. So it's, it's quite clear in scripture that all this female sexual empowerment it's a way you can empower yourself sexually. It's called with your husband. And that's what our society doesn't want. I'll continue. And it says, and likewise, the wife to her husband. So as a woman, you have sexual duties to your husband. It continues to say, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So that means that as a husband and wife, there is equality in the concept. And because in this context, they're talking about sex. So in the context of sexual relation, the sexual component of a marriage, they have ownership over each other's bodies. And they also, both husband and wife, have rights that the other person is to give and have sex with them. They're not to deprive their spouse of sex because the scripture continues. Uh, again, it says, 
the, but do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement. So as a, as a husband, he can't say to his wife, I don't feel like having sex with you. He, that's not cool. He's not, she has rights. Okay. So again, scripture is quite clear because it doesn't say she can't deprive him. It says, do not deprive one another. So that goes for both parties. And it said for a limited time that you may devote yourself to prayer, then come together again. So that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So that to me is a very, a very clear scripture that God does not want to stampen out female sexuality. What he doesn't want is sexual immorality. If you want even further discussion, you can look no further than the Song of Solomon. Now, what's really funny about the Song of Solomon is there's lots of uh, discussion about what the book is about. But one very obvious theme throughout it is it portrays a husband and wife delighting in each other emotionally and physically, specifically in the context sexual enjoyment. So that's very clear. And then what's interesting about the Song of Solomon is there's parts where the woman is speaking and the man and the man is speaking. And in the times that the woman is speaking, she's speaking very openly about delighting in her husband sexually. So again, God is very okay. Like I said before, he wouldn't give us the organ, but God is okay in encouraging wives to delight in their husband sexually. So I don't mean for necessarily his gratification but for her own delighting. Again, I didn't say allow him to delight in you because it does, again, talk about that from the husband's perspective as well, of him delighting in his wife sexually, but also the wife should delight in her husband sexually. It's the reason why churches really don't preach out of Song of Solomon. <laughs> because you read some of it and you clutch your pearls like well this is in the bible for real i mean it's just it's just the reality of life and and it deals with how we shouldn't not not only but you can see how some the power that sexual drive can have over us so we should delight in pleasure but it shouldn't rule over us and so to me the song of solomon gives a really great context of how the role sex plays in our lives, that sex plays this wonderful, exciting role within the context of a husband and a wife, but outside of that is forbidden. So that really squelches, and I want to deal with that early in the episode, because that really squelches and puts aside the whole notion that Christianity is sexually repressive to women. Simply isn't true. Like I said, the scriptures are quoted in 1 Corinthians 6, I mean, excuse 7, 1 through 5, and the entire book of the Song of Solomon. If you read through that, there's no question that anyone should have about how God feels about women sexually expressing themselves. Again, the problem is not women, and so it's obvious that God wants not women, but wives to enjoy sex very much. So what is the problem we face? Our society, on the other hand, is pushing sexual sin. They're encouraging and pushing women to have sex with as many partners as they like, totally indiscriminately, male or female. If I see a woman I like and she agrees with it, we should just go have sex together as long as she's okay with it and I'm okay with it. Whose business is it? But it has ramifications in society. And... Um, this has been a problem for, I would say, like the last 40 years in our society. You know, um, the whole thing of women sleeping around, and it has led to a broken of the female and male relationship. You know, once sex got easy, love got hard. And you see many women complaining about the quality of men that are around, but as a culture, we have taught men that we are basically sex toys. That we have taught men that, hey, I am a sex object. Um, female sexuality. So what is the context you're enjoying female sexuality? You're not talking about masturbation. You're talking about all the different men you're sleeping with. 
So if you are are portraying yourself and women are putting out themselves like I'm this sexual species, I'm, my job is to conquer men. Well, you're not really d doing that. You just get used up. I mean, that that's that's it. And what's really interesting is women don't realize the power we have. Our power isn't in giving away our bodies. It's really withholding it. And I'm, let me explain this. For a long time in society, women were not having sex outside of marriage. They were not. Now, of course, there's always been people who've done it, but it was highly discouraged, so women didn't really do it. And before a man could have sex, well, with a woman, of course, he would have to get married. But before he could get married, he would have to go to her father to prove himself worthy enough for his daughter. And so all of the components that are necessary to sustain a society, a man had to prove he could do before he got the wife, i.e. sex. But now men don't have to do any of that. They don't have to prove themselves worthy of all. We are just throwing around our vaginas like it is the morning news. And then now we say the men are terrible. Well, God had a very smart system in place that the men had to mature and grow and be able to care for and provide for a wife and child before he got the sex. Sex is a very strong motivator for men. It's a strong motivator for both, both men and women, but we know men are more sexually aggressive. It's the reason why most most sex crimes are committed by men. Men are just more aggressive in nature in general, and therefore men are more sexually aggressive. So God had a system in place to protect not just women and men, but society as a whole. And one of the main components of protecting society as a whole was women withholding sex until marriage. That was one of the, the great, that was a really important component. But now in our society, we have now told women to just sleep with everybody. We don't care who he is. We don't care the situation. If he looks good, have sex with him, just strap him on a condom and have a good time. And now we've encouraged this. And so now men don't see women as special anymore. Because I hear men saying things about women that are just absolutely unbelievable. It's like, B, if I take you out for dinner, where's my vagina? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the word they normally say, but it's like, I took you out for dinner. I want some, I want some butt going on girl you know 40 years ago a man would never say that to a woman he would never he would never you think of the 70s or even in the 80s, men would never talk to a woman like that they had they cared they saw women as valuable but guess what for the last 20 30 years they've been listening to people like snoop dogg and all these other guys we don't love them hoes we we effing don't kiss and they saying all this kind of stuff so now two generations of men have grown up and like, these, we, we screw these hoes and we toss them to the side. Yeah, man. So that's the kind of stuff that they've been encouraged by society. But simultaneously, women, women have been encouraged to allow men to use us like that. And this full empowerment that me allowing my body to be used like a dumpster is empowerment. How? How is that empowering? It's not empowering at all. That's horrible. But this is what our girls have been taught and, and, and pushed into. And those who are leading the charge are the entertainers. So what precipitated this conversation or me thinking about this is like I mentioned this new video that came out. And of course, there's so much discussion about, oh, these are just girls empowering themselves sexually. And 
oh, they're just cheapening women. Let me. This is the thing about hip hop, is that there's no. It's a cycle. Since Little Kim, since Little Kim, she first came out with her album. I forgot the name of her first album, but she sitting there like butterfly, squat down, legs wide open. You can she vagina totally exposed. She has on a swimsuit, but it's extremely vulgar. And all of her rap music was about having sex with men. And, and it's about trying to control men through your sexuality. So the goal was that I'm just going to be so good in bed. I'm going to just have all these games, all this sex skill and all this game. The men are just going to give me all types of money because I'm so fine. And men just are just eating out of my hand because I can do X, Y, and Z so good. Well, after she came out, then there was Foxy Brown, who did the exact same thing. Then after that, you had Trina, who did the exact same thing. All these chicks do is show their bodies, talk about all the sex game they got, and then how men go just be eating out of their hand doing all this. Then you had Trina. Then you have Nicki Minaj. Then you, and it's more in between, but I'm just talking about some of the bigger names. Then you had all these different ones. Then you got Cardi B. Now we have Meg Thee Stallion. They're just recycled of Little Kim. They're just because Little Kim got too old. Everybody's seen her booty. Everybody's seen her boobs. She talked about how she do this and that so good. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm trying to say this. I'm, I'm trying to find the right way to say this. Whatever you think you got going on, sweetie, there's so many other women who can do the same thing. I'm serious. We are reducing our girls into thinking that their power is through how good they are at sex. Because that's the way I'm going to get men. It's by being just this freak. Adina Howard. Okay, some of my older folks don't know what I'm talking about. That's just the way it is. And so these women are influencing and encouraging young girls to sleep around. To just to sleep around. And it's not just sleeping around. It's encouraging to just not, okay, it, it's, we understand if we, if we encourage people to wait until marriage for sex, there are going to be people who don't listen. But what's going to happen is the probability of people who do choose to step outside is going to be very rare. And maybe with someone they love, which is still bad, but we know that there's a greater risk for danger. If I've gotten to the point where I'm meeting strangers in bars than if I have sex with my boyfriend. It's all bad. Please do not make, I'm like, make an excuse for fornication. I'm not. But I think people understand where I'm going with it. There, it, it, it becomes more dangerous and it becomes more of a habit. So like if you have a girl who has sex with her boyfriend and you might just sit and talk with her and say, listen, you should wait till marriage. I know you've done this already, but you can stop and talk to her why she should honor her body. And she'll be easier to reason with than the girl who's going out and meeting men in bars and having one night stands and, oh, I, I'm meeting this guy. And a lot of people, they literally have sex first and then have a relationship second. It is so backwards. So we want to lower that. But if we are at the point where, you know, people are pretty much waiting until marriage and you have a few people here and there who are having sex with their boyfriend and girlfriend, we can corral that and, and lower that. That's easier to deal with because they still have a sense of morality because they're like, okay, well, that's my boyfriend and I love him. So it's really not that bad. Well, in the eyes of God, whether I met a guy in the bar or I had sex with my boyfriend, it's still worth hell. So it doesn't matter. But I'm saying is at least I have some sense of respect for myself and some type of standard like, you know, um, what well, I should at least 
you know, kind of have something with him first. Now it's like, no, as long as I feel like it, he don't even have, just as long as I feel like it, that's, that's it. That's the standard. And, And this is considered female empowerment. I remember a book I read ago, a long time ago called Female Chauvinist Pig. And some of you may remember when the Girls Gone Wild stuff came out. And it was just like, let's get some co-eds that are just having sex together and kissing bars and meeting men. Let's record it and send it around. You know, and this kind of stuff was encouraged. And the thing about it is because women fell into the, we want to be like men. So since men like do this kind of stuff, we want to do it too. And the reality of it is, yes, you had piggish men, but they weren't doing it to that extent because there weren't women available to participate with them in the foolishness. And so it's just a moral degradation of society. And the fact that you have people encouraging and supporting this stuff is really what's upsetting. You know, and, and, and the thing about it is, is art is being used as a tool to influence culture. When you think about it, you know, think about Playboy. Playboy magazine was glamorized. It's, it's just pornography. 70 years ago, it wouldn't have been. But it just became more and more mainstream as the female sexual revolution. I said this when I, I said the, the feminist movement of encouraging women to have sex indiscriminately was being pushed in our society. And at this moment in society, our out of wedlock like birth rates are 40%, and that has drastic consequences on society as well. So it's not really helpful to society to encourage women to sleep around, not to mention the spiritual ramifications of this. The spiritual ramifications, if we read in 1 Corinthians 6, Scripture says sexual sin is the only sin where you sin against yourself. And the reason why sexual sin is so dangerous um, because... See, anytime you take a natural desire and twist it, it's really hard for that person to break out of. So sex is a very natural, sex is as natural as me wanting to get something to eat. But the consequences are so much greater. We live in a society that treats sex like it's going to grab a sandwich. Like, whoa, there's way more consequences involved spiritually. Because when you have sex with someone, you're not just mixing bodies and fluids. You're mixing, you're mingling your spirit with this other person. You're mingling spirits with people. So whether or not I have sex with my husband or I have sex with some guy I met two minutes ago, we're still mingling our spirits. That that reality does not change. That does not change. And so it's becoming very dangerous, the direction our society is going into by encouraging sex with an indiscriminate amount of people. And so the people in the entertainment industry are working very hard to push this and to normalize it. And they're masking filth as art. You think of like Hugh Hefner um, in his epic, he had a magazine called Sugar and Spice where Brooke Shields was 10 years old. He was about totally naked. Now that is child pornography. And this man was celebrated as one of the revelators in the sexual revolution. And this dude literally published child pornography, but it was art. How much time have we seen Phil's pedal as art? And that's what's going on. And we have to speak up. And a lot of people say such dumb things like, oh, well, back in the day, y'all used to listen to stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, we did. And it had a terrible influence on us. 
So does that mean we shouldn't speak up and we shouldn't warn the next generation of girls to not and follow these types of women? Would you want your daughter sitting there with her spreading her legs for an audience of people? I bet you you wouldn't. But it's okay for other people's daughter to do it. Uh, that's what you got to ask yourself. Would I want my daughter doing this? And, and I don't know anybody who would want their daughter spreading her legs and her butt cheeks for an audience. You wouldn't want that, would you? So why would you be okay with somebody else's daughter doing it? Why would you be okay with your daughter watching that? And y'all think that's cute. It's ungodly. Like I said before, God is okay with wives enjoying and, and fully um, uh, enjoying and delighting sexually in their husbands, not with other folks. And that is the fundamental breakdown. But Satan, being the crafty little devil he is, knows how to mask it as though Christians are just against people enjoying themselves and that somehow enjoyment is rebellion against God. Because the whole female sexual empowerment movement is simply rebellion. That's it. It's simply rebellion against God. They have no desire to see what scripture really says. They have no desire to see what God's design is. As long as it feels good to me and it makes me happy, I'm going to do it. But I think it's important for us, if we're going to have an honest conversation about this, is to look at why. How did this come about? How 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 did all this nonsense just bust to the, burst to the to the front where we live in a society now where we're encouraging women to have indiscriminate sex? We'll discuss that next after a quick break. All right, so welcome back and. And so we were just really kind of talking about female sexual empowerment and what the Bible has to say about that. And now what what do we do with this culture that is encouraging women to just basically have sex indiscriminately? You know, like think of Amber Rose, her slut walk. Like I can have sex with any man as I want. If I want to walk around my boobs exposed, that's female empowerment. You know, like I talked about last week on the uh, paganism thing, like the whole naked Athena, the lady that sat there and spread her legs and exposed her vagina to the police officers. And like, oh, my God, this is so empowering. You know, it, it's really paganism, but I won't get off into that. But how, how do we get to this point where women are just really buying into this? You know, I'm going to start what I feel like the church failed women. Like, whoa, that's a big jump. Well, I've been feeling this way for a long time. I feel like the church totally failed women. And I say that because for so long, women were stuck. Too many women were stuck in extremely abusive relationships. They were told to stand by your man no matter what he does. He could be sleeping with any and everybody. You're told all men cheat, baby. What do you think? You think he's special? All men cheat. All of them do. Your husband's beating on you. Maybe you should shut your mouth. Cooperate a little better. So when you read like people like Gloria Steinem, who is like one of the the found one of the of the modern feminist movement, because you had three three different waves to feminism like and originally it was just about women having dignity being treated with dignity and decency um but then it morphed into more shall we say but many of these women grew up watching women in their neighborhoods and in their families being abused so we can't ignore the impact and if you're a young girl and you're growing up and you're watching your mother getting beat up 
If you're watching your dad corral around the neighborhood with multiple women, if you're watching this stuff, you're like, I don't want to sign up for that. Who would want to sign up for a marriage where my husband is sleeping around with a bunch of people? Who want to sign up for that? Who want to sign up for a relationship where my husband can tell me to shut up and slap me in the mouth? Who want to sign up for that? You know, who feels like being stuck in a relationship where it's like, I can't get a job, I can't buy a house, and my husband had totally control over everything. And one of the reasons why the divorce rate has went up, some of the reason, is simply because women not women have the ability to earn income. One of the reasons why women were so subjected to abusive relationships and they couldn't leave because they couldn't earn a living. You know, I've heard a horrible stories, just horrible stories of women experiencing extreme abuse. Um, in their homes from their husbands and no one in society stuck up for them. And a lot of the reason why no one stuck up for them in the church, because you had a lot of churches, pastors doing it too. You know, some of the stories I know I won't get into because they're within the context of people in my own family or or other people I know that are close to me. And I don't want to potentially divulge something really personal by the people, but I've heard too many horror stories of these pastors having side women and all kind of stuff too. So if you are a pastor and you got women on the side, how are you going to sit here and call out the men in the congregation to be step up and be better husbands? You can't. I remember once I was in a grocery store and I don't know how, like I, I literally have like strangers who share too much. That happens to me a lot for some reason. But, um, and I, and I don't mean to seem cold or cruel. Sometimes we just feel compelled to share, but I'm just saying like, Share more than I would share with stranger is what I mean by share too much. But um, I, I had this woman tell me that her father, I can't remember, he either was a pastor or a music director at the church. I can't remember what his role was at their church. But he was raping her, her own dad. And she told her mom, and her mom was like, well, you were seducing him. So this is the kind of stuff, you know, that was happening too much in our culture. And that's where women said enough. And I feel like partially because I personally feel like the pastor's role is supposed to should totally be um, head by a man. Um, I, I think women can be teachers. I think women can preach. Um, but I totally believe that men do have a unique role as far as the pastor, the lead shepherd. Because even in scripture that talks about that, I believe it's in Timothy. I don't want to get it wrong, but it says like, you know, God ordered the church to be this way because he made man first and the woman. And so the man is supposed to be the head the leader of a family. And also he's supposed to be head leader of a church. That role is reserved to men to be the head pastor of a church. I totally believe that. Um, however... However, with that, I feel that maybe the voice of women, because there are as a verse in scripture where it says the women should be quiet in church, but it's not for me put in proper context where it's like, well, yeah, she should be quiet. And if she got questions, go home and ask her husband. It's something like, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I didn't put this in my note, my show notes, but it's like, go home and ask your husband. So it's not so much that women can't speak. It's so much that in this particular context, you have women shouting out. In church and they were like you go home and ask your husband and not shout across the aisle go home and ask him about it see what you have to understand about the epistles that Paul was writing to deal with specific problems that churches were having just like when I was talking about in the context of first Corinthians where Paul was talking about you know um, first Corinthians 7 when he said not concerning the matters about which you wrote because all of the epistles were written to specific churches and in those epistles, there were specific problems going on in specific cities. Like one church was getting drunk off the communion wine. 
Um, you know, they had just, just different issues going on. Um, you had Timothy, who was like a young pastor, and Paul was helping him navigate that. So oftentimes we have to understand that these were specific issues that we can learn from. And so in the case where uh, Paul is telling women to be quiet, it was that, again, you had women who were shouting out during service and he was telling them to be quiet and ask their husbands as they go home, when they go home and not yell across in service. But I feel like oftentimes what was happening in the church is that the concerns of women were just being silenced. So who is going to check husbands in the church who aren't treating their wives right? It has to be the other men in the church. But if the other men in the church are not taking women's issues seriously, or you have pastors in the church who are also engaging in licentiousness themselves, they're not going to call out the men in the church for mistreating their wives. Because the feminist movement did not just come out of nowhere. It's just like where you have black people obsessed with racism, who's seen around every corner. They didn't just, it didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, so you can't act like these movements, they'll just, 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 these women just a bunch of horny, angry women, and they just want to rebel because it's satanic. If, if that's your position and you're, you're clueless on the matter, the church did not stick up for women. And so since the church did not stick up for women who were experienced, I mean, I remember once I was out somewhere and this man hit on me. He was just way older than me. Wait, I'm like, man, if you don't go away. And I just am like, are you married? He was like, yes. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, how do you think your wife feel about this? He said, oh, well, she just prays that I'll stop. So this has really been a kind of an attitude for so long for women to just stand by your man while he screws the world and just pray that he stops. Who's about to do that? And then they do all this stuff. Then when they get old, they want a nursemaid. They want some. That's a, that's a Southern term for y'all, a nursemaid. Okay, basically want somebody to cook his dinner and care for him. Not he got medical problems. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants somebody who spent all their good years. And so many women saw this. They saw their fathers and grandfathers. I didn't see My dad is not that kind of man. So please don't get it twisted. My dad is a phenomenal man. But I'm just saying, I'm speaking as a general, the existence of women. Too many women saw their fathers and grandfathers and uncles treat their wives like trash. Then when they got older and now they got medical problems and now them young teenage girls don't want them no more. Now they want to come home to their wife. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, spend, spend them bad years where you spent them good ones on them streets. You're not about to come home to me. Oh, now you got health problems and now you want a wife. No, 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 no. And that happened so much that women were like, enough. We're not doing this anymore. And so since the church did not speak up for women who were in these abusive relationships, did not stand up and the men in the church didn't call out and rebuke the men who were sleeping around on their wives and beating their wives and dismissing and mistreating their wives. Since the church didn't stick up for women, guess who did? The world spoke up. The world spoke. And when the world speaks, it's automatically from Satan. And so their answer to the problem was, sister, get on birth control and have fun. And so one of the things that was important in the feminist movement as well is that women were able to get jobs. Because I remember my aunt telling me stories like her and my uncle. That's one story. She's uh, passed on now. But I, I remember recalling the details of the story. Like she had a hard time getting a, like a loan for a car. And, and he had an easier time. And she just had certain issues 
for her being a woman and him being a man. And it was like really obvious that it was that was the because they were like looking for certain things at the same time. And she like had a better job and better, more money than him and stuff. And he still had a way easier time getting certain things that she couldn't get because of her being a woman. Just stuff like that. Also in the workforce. So as time grew and women were able to get jobs, if I'm able to get a job, why am I gonna deal with you screwing the neighbors? Who about why? Why would I live my life like that? And then I gotta sit here and care for all your medical problems after that? Like, no, thank you, sir. I'm out of here. So women, because they were able to get jobs, and another thing that revolutionized everything was women being able to get birth control. So now I can control my birth, and, and that's the thing people need to understand. Women being able to control their birth really revolutionized a lot. You know, it revolutionized a lot. So I can get a job and I can control how many kids I have. Oh, I'm, I'm done. Why am I going to sign up for this? And so now women have went to the extreme. They have went to the absolute extreme. And then also because our society, boys will be boys. And this is the funny part about the whole boys will be boys thing. Like, oh, well, when men are actually extra sexually aggressive or men want to sleep with whores or whatever. Oh, that's just boys being boys. Well, if that's just me and me and me and they got to be sleeping with somebody. So the women are just women being women, you know, unless their men are sleeping with each other, which is a whole nother problem. So, so now women have said, Hey, well, if men can do it, I can do it too. You know, but here, here, here lies the problem with that. The reason why we sexually guard our daughters more than our sons is because of the ramifications that sexual sin has on the life of men and women differently. Now, from a spiritual perspective, hell is hot. So whether it's a man who sexually sins or a woman sexually sins, God is no respect of the person. Hell is still hot for both parties. However, when it comes to the way it impacts one's life, when a woman has sex outside of marriage, and has a baby outside of marriage, we all know it infects her life and her her uh, poverty perspective a ton. A ton. What, what's full of, what are poor neighborhoods full of? Women and children. So we can't tell our daughters to have sex indiscriminately because the consequences of her life are going to be far different. And one of the things, don't, don't, don't clutch your little pearls. Don't clutch your little pearls. But like in the Bible, it says in uh, Genesis 3, after the fall, I believe it's Genesis 3. I'm going to turn to my Bible while I'm talking just really quick. I like to keep my Bible handy just in case I something pops in my head that I feel that I should say. But yes, it's in Genesis 3. And after the fall, God tells Eve, your desire will be after your husband who will rule over you. That's part of the curse that women had. So women, naturally, when we are involved in sexual relationship and we like the man, we are more likely to want to latch on to that man than he wants to latch on to us. Not to say that he doesn't, but we have a, we're stronger at doing it. If you want any indication of that, there's something called oxytocin, that when you have sex, you release. Even when women give birth to children, we release lots of oxytocin so it's this hormone that creates a bonding so whatever experience we're having while releasing that oxytocin or whoever we're having the experience with we're likely to bond stronger and that helps with the mother and child bonding because when we have babies we have lots of oxytocin just flowing and we even see how we even it's a, it's a saying that what's the most dangerous animal in the wild a mother protecting her baby 
So that is a strong desire. So in the context of sex, when a woman has sex, if compared to a man, we release significantly more oxytocin. So we really, really bond heavier and harder. Why do you think most domestic violence victims are women? Just we tend to just, we just bond. That's just how we are. That's, that's the way we're wired, sisters. So what happens is, is women have to be more careful about how we, who we have sex with. That's why it's important for us to wait until marriage because you don't want to get bound to a man who is toxic because he can be very harmful. And so it's really important for girls to really be discriminative and think hard about who they deal with and say, I'm going to save myself for marriage and really get to know this guy. And I want my family to know him because when a divorce happens, okay, it's typically the woman who gets caught holding the bag. Just the reality. I've seen it too many times. He goes off and lives his life. She got to raise the kids by herself. That's just it. It happens all the time. So when you have the most to lose, you have to be the smartest. So when you have these female sexual empowerment people saying like, um, well, we want to restrict women's sexuality. Yeah, we should. We should because she has the most to lose. Even in the act of sex, women are more likely to get an STD than a man because of the nature of the act. So yeah, yeah, we should protect our daughters more because she got the most to lose. That, that's just common sense. You know, and that's something people don't want to think about. So with that all being said, with that all being said, and the world has really taken over the conversation, it's time the church needs to reclaim this. And there's so many scriptures that deal with how men should treat their wives and how women should treat their husbands. Because I think also now women have turned totally insufferable, many of them. We have now went to an extent where society has recognized the, the systematic abuse that so many women experience at the hands of their husbands and male romantic partners. Now we're all full force like, yeah, you guys need to do better, but not telling women that they need to do better. Because see, now we live in a culture that's telling women you're empowered through your sexuality. And then we're mad when men treat us like sex objects. Well, which is it? Which do you want? We should have never abandoned God's desire for women. We should just have demanded more for men. And and men in the church should have spoken up for women. Our pastors, I'm saying, a lot of pastors have totally failed women. Totally failed women. But now they've went to the extreme. They overcompensate. And so that brings me to the Tommy Loren rant. If you did not hear about the Tommy Loren rant, Tommy Loren, she's a conservative commentator, somewhat conservative, but she complains about men um, men suck or whatever. And she gave these points as to why she thinks men suck. But one of the things Tommy Loran fails to understand is that one of the reasons why men are so weak is because women have allowed it to happen. Now, the reason why I say that is Tommy Loran is pro-abortion. So clearly you don't see anything wrong with sex outside of marriage. So you're part of the problem. See, as I said before, women elevate men, men mature women. And so when men knew, like I think about like, and I think about my parents, you know, they were in their 20s during the 70s. And back at that time, a man knew if he wanted a woman, he had to have a place, he had to have a job, he had to have a car, he had to really have himself together. 
He had to really, really have himself together in order to find a wife or a woman. Men now, they don't have to have anything. All they have to have is a functioning penis. And that seems to be sufficient for a lot of women. So now we have created this society where we're like, oh, I can sleep around and be empowered all I want. And yeah, I can sleep with everybody. Then you get older and you're like, well, now I want a husband. And it's like, well, where are they at? Well, we've taught men that we're sex toys. So we're mad that they treat us as such. So yeah, I agree that men are a mess, but I blame women for it because we didn't respond properly to what was going wrong in society. We didn't have a kingdom response. We should have grabbed our Bibles, turned to scripture, and with scripture rebuke men who are mistreating their women. With scripture discuss the proper way a wife should be treated and with scripture talk about the wife's duties to the husband. If we root our solutions in Christ, they work. But they rooted their solutions in the world and now women are mad because men are terrible when we have no one to blame for our, but ourselves because we are sitting here having sex outside of marriage and that is the problem. Now, her points were actually good, her five points. But again, you have to understand that women have a lot to blame themselves. Number one, she said, um, are you really single? So one of the problems she complained about was that, you know, men will say, will be out pursuing women and have three girls they're sleeping with and blah, blah, blah. But again, if women weren't having sex outside of marriage, they wouldn't even have those women to sleep with. So why would a man settle down when he got three beautiful girls ready to just bust it wide open in a heartbeat? He like, why? I got a job. I have this and that. I'm I'm secure financially, and I can have sex with all these pretty girls. Why Why am I gonna settle down with you? I mean, that's just the reality. Nobody wants to talk about that, but that's one of the reasons why men treat women the way they do. We taught them that. We taught them that we're sex toys. So there you go. Um, her next point was to make plans, and that comes from allowing men to lead. And I think in our society, we want it kind of like this equal thing when we shouldn't be looking for men and women are equal. Yeah, we're equal in the size of God, but as terms of the role of society, we complement each other. And I think male leadership has been diminished because a lot of feminists are like, no, you're not going to tell me what to do and blah, blah, blah. So I think that has a role in some of it. I also feel like men don't really care as much because it's like, I'm just looking for who's going to give me some butt tonight. And that's how a lot of men act. They're just texting around to see who wants them to come over and do this and cook and all that. And they're like, okay, I'm going to roll with her. But again, we've taught men how to treat us that way. And I'm not saying they bear no responsibility. I'm not seeing that. But that goes back to something I mentioned like 20 minutes ago. Is that a long time ago, society was structured in a way. Because God is so smart to understand male-female nature, in case you haven't noticed. Where he added to where. A man could not have sex unless he had a wife. And before he could have a wife, he had to prove himself to her father. And then once he proved himself to her father, then he had her as a wife. Then he could have sex with her. So we have given the men the prize first. So why about that's like, your job paying you before you work. If your job pay you before you work, why are you going to work? Then she said value, value. And she, her point was that men should value valuable women. And this is, is a, plain, a complaint I have with men 
is that a lot of men will come out, these women are this, these women are this, but y'all chase bar sluts. So just like women I know will sit and chase men who have who are horrible. It's like, okay, why are you dealing with these people? What do you expect out of them? And so a lot of men will chase these loose women like, oh, they crazy. Yeah, because loose women are crazy. What do you think? So, but not enough women don't value themselves. We don't. And with the culture teaching women how to behave, you're not, you don't think that the culture is teaching men how to treat us? It is. Then she said to be consistent. To start, you know, if you started out sweet, make sure you stay that way. That goes for both men and women. That goes for both men and women. And she's like, don't be a B-word. Basically, you know, if you ruin something, accept it and move on. That goes for both men and women. But the thing about it is where Tommy Loren misses the mark is that we can't be angry with men until we look at the way women play into this. And that's my point, is that we've embraced this worldly sexual revolution and then are mad because it which which encourages women to behave like sex toys. And then are mad when men treat us as such. It doesn't work that way. We have got to go back to God's system, to God's design to have healthy male-female relationships. Because the human family is, is the foundation for a strong society. And sex is a, is a necessary component, not just with um making children but it helps bond and keep a relationship solid so the more people in a society that are sexually moral it helps strengthen society we can the spiritual component is obvious but i'm talking about the societal component and it is really unfortunate that our society has embraced this culture where we're teaching women to just sleep around indiscriminately expose yourself indiscriminately you know it is it is it is unhealthy, it's unsafe, but it's creating a situation where men simply don't respect us. They don't. They don't respect us. The things I've had men say to me are unbelievable, are totally unbelievable. But I, I blame feminism for it. And it's not that they're not responsible. It's not that they're incapable of thinking for themselves. But again, God designed us a certain way. And, if, and I totally believe in male leadership because... A perfect example is I saw a statistic that when a husband comes to Christ, the wife is like 80 something percent likely to follow. That's not true when a wife comes to Christ and a husband because just the nature of male leadership, women naturally want to follow men. And the thing about it is we need strong men to follow. And I feel like we lack that in our society very much. But God's design of system was that sex from a woman was a strong incentive for a man to get himself together because he knew he couldn't get sex without it. He couldn't get sex without having himself together and committing to her. But now the things that men need to sustain a society, they no longer have to have to get sex. They see no incentive in it. Another problem I think that is kind of, I don't necessarily blame women or men for this problem, is that with more women in the workforce, women are, more, more women are owning sufficient income. And because women, typically, if you're a real woman, you, 
<laughs> you want a, a very dominant and a very um, a strong male. Well, if you are dealing with more women with strong personalities because more women are going into the professional world, that means more women are earning money, which means she expects him to earn more money. And so when you have all these women who are very ambitious professionally, that means that they're looking for a lot more out of men than say if I was just a country girl who was 16 years old. I'm not going to look for as much than say if I'm 24 and I have my master's and I have a job making, say even if I have a job making $50,000, $60,000 a year at 24, you're not going to come to me talking about I work at the mall. Well, that's not going to work. Because every relationship I've ever seen, I'm not saying there aren't anomalies, because there are, but every relationship I've ever seen where the woman is earning significantly more money than her man, it doesn't work. And I've seen that happen a lot of times where the wife is earning way more money and is way more professionally successful than her husband, and then there's some imbalance there. So I think that's causing some types of imbalance and that's really kind of beyond anybody's control. But one of the main reasons why women went into the workforce was so they wouldn't be subject, they wouldn't be forced to be subjected to abusive relationship. Because a lot of times when, in, in yesteryear, women would stay in abusive relationships, not because they wanted it, because they had no, they didn't know how to take care of themselves any other way. So my, and as our close. I just want everyone to really take the time to find God's solutions to problems. And whether you're dealing with dating relationships or our society um, encouraging women to be sexually promiscuous, all of these problems stem from us not listening to God ultimately. And women didn't turn, didn't have a kingdom response. Instead, they had a satanic response, which was let's sleep around, let's support our children. Let's just be these wild, crazy girls. And then eventually, like, well, now I want a husband. I'm not saying it's, it's just, it's, we've already taught men how to treat us for, like, all these years. So now it's harder to find love because I believe it is harder to find love because a lot of the men, they just want a sex toy. They don't want a wife. So what can we do? Let's turn back to Christ. And then, too, if you're a man and you complain about a lot of these girls who um, are behaving in a loose manner, make sure you're not supporting that yourselves. Because you can't complain about women behaving like this, but then you go out and support it or you go out and sleep with loose women. And we have to turn back to God because our society is simply not doing it and it is problematic. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Solid Food. And make sure you join me again for the next episode on Thursday. It's Solid Food. It's on all major podcast platforms. Yay! So you can check me out anytime, anywhere, uh, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, all major platforms. And also be sure to check out my website at www.ChristinaCaramo.com on Facebook and YouTube at The Christina Caramo Project. On Instagram at Karamo the Great, that's G-R and the number eight. And remember to be bold, to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Toodles.